Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Gross. It gives me great pleasure to welcome back to Viewpoints, Felicia Wellstead, who's the CEO for Life's Little Treasures Foundation. And they have their annual walk for Prems. And as we move through COVID, things seem to be getting back to some semblance of normality. And provided the weather's fine around the country, October, Sunday, October the 23rd, the annual walk for Prems. But firstly, welcome again to Viewpoints, Felicia Wellstead. Thank you, Henry, for having me along. Oh, it's a pleasure. And as we were saying off air uh, a moment or two ago, we've, we've done this before and it's, it's a, wonderful, a wonderful opportunity for us to support such a, a worthy cause. Now, uh, before we get into too much, we'll just refresh people's memories. Walk for Prems, it's on Sunday the 23rd. Um, tell us what's happening. Yes, well, this year we're very lucky because we're able to run Walk for Prems in six, six locations across Australia. So Melbourne being our biggest event down at Albert Park. Um, but it's actually going to be just so fantastic to get our community together again. It's We haven't been able to run the event in Melbourne since 2019. Mm. And um, it's so important to bring our families together to connect. And it's all about raising awareness of what families with premature and sick babies go through. Um, and also about fundraising uh, for our charity, Life's Little Treasures Foundation. Mm. Now, now the last couple of years for everybody and lots of organisations such as your own have really suffered. Just, just run us through what it's been like the last two years uh, in terms of um, running Life's Little Treasures Foundation uh, and, and the impact on the great work you do, but also the people who are at the pointy end of it. Yes, look, it has it has been very difficult. Um, as a charity, we've we've actually survived pretty well, which I'm really glad to say. But um, and that's been through the support of fundraisers and our major sponsors like Baby Bunting and Britax, and they've really upped their support, which has been fantastic. But parents and families have done it very very tough the last two years. You know, with COVID, they haven't been able to have their usual support networks coming to mm. hospital to support them. Um, you know, if you're a regional family and you move to Melbourne or another major city, you, you know, you're so far from your family and they, they couldn't travel because of restrictions. Um, and it's a very isolating experience anyway, having a premature or sick baby. And it's, this has just made it so much tougher on families. Mm, and, and we've also heard um, along the line, and anyone who's had to access our medical services the last couple of years, they've been under enormous pressure you know, just to provide a service themselves. Uh, that of itself is another issue, is providing that service in, in our special care uh, facilities well, at our hospitals. Is, would that be true? That is, that's correct. I mean, I think our hospitals have been under such strain, you know, mm. with, with isolation and restrictions. So nursing staff not being able to come in if they, obviously if they have COVID and that's just put them under a tremendous strain, um, you know, which which is really difficult for, for the whole, our whole hospital system. I mean, babies don't stop getting born premature mm. just because COVID exists. So they've really had to find ways around that and, and to staff those units. Mm. Um, yeah, look, and financial assistance has been a big one for us as well. We've had so many more families applying to us for our financial assistance program. We provide them with a $250 voucher for petrol or accommodation or you know it's very expensive having a baby in hospital so 
Um, but we've had so many more families applying because, you know, they're out of work or their hours have been reduced because of COVID. So these are just some of the things that families are facing. Mm. And and um, your organisation, tell us a little bit more. I know a lot of people know about it, but Life's Little Treasures Foundation, I mean, you do, you do rely substantially on the goodwill of uh, the broader community to raise your funds. So you've been going 13 years now, isn't it? It's actually 17 years. We're having our 18th birthday party next year, so I have to invite you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, um, Coming of age. <laughs> yes, yeah. This is the 13th year for our Walk for Prem's yep. event, though. So, um, yeah, look, we, you know, we started very small, just with a few playgroups and some parents who had been through the Premier Baby Experience and realised there just weren't those sort of emotional supports. Um, on their journey, um, and now we work with 150 hospitals across Australia to deliver products and services. And some of those products and services include a precious prem pack that will go out to parents with a beautiful guidebook with a whole lot of information for them on their journey, as well as some beautiful knitted items from the community across Australia. So little gifts for the baby and it's just a little um, something to celebrate the arrival of the baby, which sometimes gets forgotten. Um, But probably one of our most important services is our NICU Connections events, which we've had to transfer to online the last couple of years. Mm. But they're all about bringing parents together who are in the same boat so that they can talk and share how they're feeling and and also get advice from our staff who have lived experience previously and some some of our veteran volunteer parents who can also offer a perspective. And I think they really empower parents to, you know, it makes them a bit more confident in what they're doing and it also means that they can advocate for their baby because they now sort of have spoken to others and they know it's what's normal and what's not and, you know, they it's very helpful in them, um, I guess, just uh, travelling along their journey. Mm, yeah, look, it brings back memories. Um, I'm the oldest of five and the youngest uh, two in our family were twins, Caroline and John, and uh, they were born quite premature. And I remember as a, as a young boy of 10, I was 10 years older than them, that it... Uh, uh, Mum and Dad were pretty concerned, and it was odd too for us as siblings. The they were in humidicribs at the time for quite some weeks, and uh, it it certainly isn't what you expect, you know. And and the, the children too. I think siblings have a it impacts on siblings when you know they got a little baby and it's it's in a humidicrib or it doesn't come home uh, with Mum. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, siblings are very affected because all of a mm. sudden, you know, one parent is spending long hours at the hospital yep. with the, the newborn and where's mum, where's dad? I haven't seen them. And I think, you know, that adds pressure to families just trying to balance, you know, home life and, and hospital life, I guess. Uh, but we produce some resources for siblings to help them understand mm. and they're in like a colouring book kind of um format but we have one for those so they can understand what's happening in the NICU and we have another book called My Brave Journey which sort of helps to explain to them what's happened if the baby passes away which Mm. um, we don't like giving many of them out of course but um, you know it's necessary unfortunately. Mm. The other thing with with, uh, premature babies is a certain point at which uh, for some families sadly um, if they're born substantially prematurely um, 
there will be lifelong uh, challenges they face that they may not have faced had they not been born premature. That's a, a possibility for quite a number of parents too, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And look, you know, each um, individual baby's journey is different and mm. some we've had born at 23 weeks and just power through and grow and have no issues at all. And then we may have another baby that's born at 31 weeks gestation that may have, you know, cerebral palsy or hearing issues mm. or or feeding issues or breathing issues. So um, it really just depends on the baby. And um, I guess that it, it does uh, it does make sense that the, the heavier the baby is when they're born, the better chances that they have. So when they're really tiny, like 500 grams, you know, mm. not even a, a tub of butter, those babies will have it a lot tougher than the ones that are, you know, 1.5, 2 kilos. Is there any research, I mean, I haven't, I'm not over it, the research into um, why uh, babies, so many babies are born premature and, and, and um, is there any research on, on how that can be addressed? Look, um, there is lots of research going on in that field and mm. uh, there are so many different reasons. Um, one one reason is multiple births. So 66% of babies that are born premature are because there are multiple births. So twins, mm. triplets, you know, as, yep. as happened with your family. Mm. Um, but, you know, uh, there's so many other reasons, high blood pressure, so preeclampsia, gestational diabetes, just there are so many reasons why it can happen. Um, and I guess education um, will assist, you know, with, with regards to diet and health and, and things like that, especially in our more remote communities. But, mm. um, but it's at this stage, uh, statistics show us that premature birth is actually increasing not decreasing mm, that's an interesting one we to take a short break uh, felicia can you hold the line sure welcome back to viewpoints listeners i'm your host henry grossack and i'm chatting with felicia wellstead the ceo for life's little treasures foundation and the annual uh, charity walk the uh, annual walk for prems is coming up on october 23 nationwide and we've been chatting about that and other things with felicia welcome back felicia oh thank you again now felicia how long have you been associated with life's little treasures and what brought you there in the in the first place to this very worthy cause yeah, look, I've um, been with Life's Little Treasures now just nearly two years and mm. it was it was quite interesting how I started because um, the CEO before me, Susanna Morris, was the founder and an amazing woman. Unfortunately, mm. I never got to meet her, but she unfortunately lost her battle with breast cancer um, in the March uh, that um, we basically went into COVID. So mm. the team got hit with that and then and then obviously with COVID and um, look I didn't join the team till probably six months later but it was just a cause that I could feel passionate about. I've worked for three or four not-for-profits previously and as soon as I read about Life's Little Treasures and the work that they do I knew it was a place for me so I feel very lucky to lead this organisation. Mm. Now, not for profit. It's a huge sector, and there's uh, it's quite diverse. Um, what's the appeal to you? Because everybody has a reason for where they work, and 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 
I think we all like to think we make some sort of a contribution or, or, or difference to the world. Um, your, your particular space, um, what do you get out of that space? Yeah, well, that's interesting because I um, started my career in sports management, so working mm. for a couple of AFL clubs, quite different. I mean, obviously, players are role models and they do some great work in the community, but when I started in the not-for-profit sector, I always say it was like a breath of fresh air for me. It was it was that waking up each day and going to work and knowing that I was making a difference, and that's um, that's continued which has been great I've been very fortunate to work at some amazing organizations um yeah so I guess that's what gets me out of bed every morning mm. now every job's got its challenge every career vocation whatever clearly um there's got to be frustrations in your space um uh you might like to just elaborate what what are the challenges you find uh, that, that that test you at times Sure. I mean, we are not government funded, so it is, um, you know, a little bit frustrating that um, we haven't been funded yet, but we're working on that. And I guess just relying on on fundraising to ensure that you can um, deliver all these amazing products and service to families that you know that they need. So every year, you know, we're looking at how many community fundraisers we have and what are our sponsors going to be providing and just hoping that each year, you know, we're going to make budget and so far so good. But um, it does add pressure to small not-for-profits like ours, definitely. Mm, And yet there's 48,000 babies born sick or prem every year in Australia. And as you told me a little earlier, Felicia, that number's increasing. It it does seem odd that, and I, but, and I know everybody, there's so many worthy causes out there and there's only so much people governments can cover. But of course, governments are public. That's our money we're, we're talking about. I'm surprised you haven't made as much progress in getting some government support, is uh, federally or statewide, is... Uh, is, is it looking more promising or not in, in that field? Yeah, look, look, and also it comes down to the work that we do too. So we're out there. I'm actually up in Townsville now. Mm. I came to meet with an MP up here, um, you know, just to find some champions in the federal government that would know about us and, you know, can fly our flag so that when we do put the, the big ask on them, they know who we are, I guess. Yeah. So we have a body of work to do. Um and but we're you know we've started and um let's see how we go over the next year or two Mm, i guess the public there's no better pressure goes on our government our representatives in any parliament than comes from the people who vote them in and or vote them out so i guess if anyone's out there um maybe a chat with their local mp wouldn't hurt your cause either that's right we'd appreciate any help that we can get and you're right i mean forty-eight thousand families mm. go through this every year and you think about extended family that gets affected it's a lot of people mm. that are, are, are suffering or this through this trauma of having a premature or sick baby mm-hmm. so yeah look it's but it's an exciting time for our organization we have so many wonderful community members who want to give back and want to um, you know, help us with media and fundraising and any way that they can. So we are very fortunate. We just need to make sure that we're getting our story out there to the right people. Now, every year there's a new challenge in how you present your message and it's a, the underlying message is, is basically we need your support. But this year's theme, Big Steps for Little Treasures, and you say that this 
perfectly encapsulates the foundation's intention. How, how hard is it to come up with a uh, a new a new jingle, a new byline, a new byword to to capture people's attention? And I guess and how much work goes into thinking them up. Look, you know, there are those in our organisation that are quite gifted at this. That's not mm. me. But, um, <laughs> but we, will, we will sit around and have a bit of a brainstorm and play on words and we seem to eventually come up with something good. But, yeah, I mean, big steps for little treasures. I think it just speaks mm. to, you know, us all coming together again. We want to take big steps over the next couple of years to raise awareness of prematurity and and for those families that, you know, end up in the NICU or, or SEN. So we um, we were pretty happy with ourselves when we came up with that one, I must say. Mm. Now, it would be remiss not to mention you've got a lot of good sponsors and supporters out there, but Baby Bunting's been around quite a while. They're, they're a pretty key support group for you. Tell us a bit about how they support you and what they do. And they have been absolutely amazing. Each year they, they raise their target um, of what they're going to fundraise across all of their stores. So they have 64 stores in Australia and I think they're adding one about every two weeks at mm. this rate. But they um, engage all of their stores in fundraising and asking shoppers for donations and also online. And so far they've told us they've raised 250000 for this year's event, which is just wow. amazing. Yeah. So... That Look, is. they they and they are just such a beautiful organisation to work with. I was fortunate enough to attend their awards night, and you can just see the culture of that organisation is is really amazing, and they really believe in what they do in helping families. So, we are very lucky to have them on board. I must say. Oh, absolutely, and and all the others, and there's always room there. Uh, now, just if people want to get involved, uh, and and this is this is all over the place. It's not just here in Melbourne; it's everywhere. Uh, how would they do that, and what can they expect on uh, October the twenty third, the Sunday? Um, fingers crossed that you can expect good weather, if um, that's possible. <laughs> that's right. I know. I'm looking at the long long range <laughs> forecast, um, but it's uh, it's a great day. We have uh, lots of activities on stage. There's bands, of course, there's speeches, and we actually also have a dove ceremony. So we release mm. doves uh, to remember those babies that unfortunately haven't haven't made it. So that's a very important part of the day. Yes. Um, but I think the vibe is, you know, great fun. We have amusement rides and giant games for kids. And if you even if you're not walking, it's a great day to come down to. But yeah, it's six locations across Australia, right? Most um, capital cities except uh, Hobart, but hopefully next year we'll be there as well. And, um, yeah, just a great day out for the family. It starts um, – the walk starts at 10.30 and there's activities before and activities after the walk as well. Mm, if you want to get involved, yeah, obviously there's a there's a website, I yes. guess, that people can check out. Where would that be, Felicia? Yes, so head to walkforprems.org.au and that has all the information – about what's happening on the day. Mm. And if you can't make it on the day, you can also donate through that website as well. Yeah, and I, you've still got the virtual walk on, haven't you? Uh, let, let's say the weather's shocking. Um, did I read that right? That's right, yes. So those who can't make it on the day or prefer to walk another day, they can join up virtually um, and walk their way, as we say. So you might choose a, mm. a beautiful spot or down the beach or out in your favourite paddock um, to do your five-kilometre <laughs> <laughs> walk. But, 
you're still part of it and um, you can always tune into Facebook and Instagram on the day to, to see what's happening around the country at all those other sites. Oh, wonderful. Can I firstly thank you for the great work you do, Felicia, um, and I'm sure every one of those um, 48,000 babies, families and extended families and friends really appreciate it and uh, let's hope it's a great day. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for your support and helping us raise awareness. Least we can do, Felicia. That was Felicia Wellstead, the CEO of Life Little Treasures Foundation. And Sunday the 23rd, they don't get government funding yet. Let's hope that changes soon. But in the interim, uh, get out there and let's support them uh, because uh, we're talking about the children, our children, our country's children, our future. <laughs> 